someone. Now tell someone else your associates determine your attainment. Let's stand to receive the, to hear God's word today. Let's stand for the word. I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 20. This is our second to the last sermon on the Sermon on the Mount. I know some of you are like, good. If you read the Sermon on the Mount from Matthew 5 to Matthew 7, it can take you about 13 minutes for an average reader. We've been going through it since the middle of September, but it's okay. This is our second to the last sermon, so it's on the board. Let's read together the Word of God. Watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut off. Break that down in just a minute. Often, not what they 
says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. Simply said, watch out for false prophets. They appear to be one thing, but they're really something else. The word that's used there in Greek is pseudo-prophetes. Pseudo-prophetes. So you can see pseudo and then prophet, right? Pseudo-prophet. So
those who are in church. Right? It's easy to see some other religion or something that's way out there, but the trouble is when there's something that is in the midst of the people of God in the larger church that is leading people away from a true reliance on Jesus Christ, he says, that's the false prophet. You've got to look at the fruit of their lives. Look at the fruit of their lives. We'll get into this as we look at the scripture. But he says, first of all, again, in Matthew chapter 7, of these false prophets, watch out for them. They come to you in sheep's clothing. They come to you with this nice little, what do you call this? It's not fur, right? What, what's a sheep have? Wool, wool. It's not fur. They've got this nice little wool coat. They look so cute. They come in sheep's clothing. Sheep aren't going to hurt nobody, right? Sheep don't have sharp feet. They don't have big claws. They're not mean and nasty. Oh, look at how cute he is. Look at how cute she is. Look at how nice they are. Look at the nice things that they're saying over and over. They're so nice. They're so cute. But they might be false prophets. He says, you've got to watch the fruit of their lives. It's interesting in verses 16 and 20 in in the scripture, he says, each is that you need to, whoa, glory to God. You need to distinguish what's on the outside from what's on the inside. Amen? Now, many of you have purchased what we might call knockoff brands of things, right? No, you've never done it. Okay. Okay, you better. Now, you better not be a false prophet right now. You better tell the truth and shame the devil right now. I was just looking up some knockoff brands of, of some silly things. I saw toothpaste called Crust Toothpaste. I'm trying to get the crust off, not put the crust on, so I'm not going to use that. And there were Boreo cookies. Boreo cookies. Now, here's one for young people. Would you be excited if for your birthday or for Christmas, you got a new gaming system. Who would be excited about that? Oh, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. A new gaming system. What if it was called X-Boy? Oh, you, you would be happy with X-Boy. Oh, my goodness. We need to pray for Victor. X-Boy. X-Boy gaming system. Now, if you think about something like that, and there is such a thing, it might look just like the Xbox, right? It comes in a nice box. If you put it on, on wherever you put your gaming system, you put it up there. It looks a lot like the other gaming system. That's great. It looks like it. But when you put in the game that you want to play because of the software and what's inside of it, it won't work. Here's the reality of false prophets. They may look good on the outside. They portray something good on the outside. They make you excited on the outside. But the inside, the software don't work. It can't hook you up to the power source, which is Jesus. It can't do it. Here's another area where we've got to be so careful, brothers and sisters, in relationships. And let me speak for a moment to younger people. I'm talking about romantic relationships. Romantic relationships. Oh, but he just looks so fine. I know 
he must have come from God. He talked so smooth, and he got a good job. That must be from the Lord. Sister, let me tell you this. If he doesn't love Jesus, he will not love you. He can't love you. Not when it gets hard. Not when it it gets tough. He can put it on a whole lot to get you. But once he got you, you're in trouble if he doesn't know Jesus. And brothers, the same thing goes for you. She may look as cute as cute can be. She may have it all together in every way. Brilliant mind, just right on stuff. But if she doesn't love God, she can't help you progress in life. False prophets look like one thing on the outside, but they can't produce from the inside. So we got to look at the outside. We also have to look at the inside. He says on the outside, they look like sheep. But on the inside, he says, they are ferocious wolves. Now, here's the interesting thing. Ferocious wolves eat sheep. They eat sheep. They they molest sheep. They hurt sheep. They do whatever they can to, to, to overcome the sheep. And so they look like that on the outside. But what's on the inside is, I'm not one of you. I am after you to get you. The false prophet is one who is a predator on the sheep of God. Listen, I have a lot of words for a, a, a lot of different you know, folks in, in, in all kinds of, of positions in life. I know, for example, one area where there's a struggle is like around law enforcement when we have policemen who aren't doing justice. And we know the large majority of them are. But when you have one who is unjust and one who would pick out people of color in particular and and cause harm to them, maybe even kill them, that needs to be pointed out. That needs to be dealt with. Right? And we call that out. And we should call that out. And the person who would want that called out more than anyone else is an honest officer of the law who is helping his community or her community. But let me say this, as a pastor and as a preacher of the word of God, the one that breaks my heart more than any other are those pastors who become those who feed off of the sheep of God. Those who feed off of the sheep of God, feed my ego, feed my bank account, feed my desires, feed me, feed me, feed me. And we are to say to God, feed me till I want no more. But as a pastor, as a leader in the church of God, when pastors and leaders feed off the sheep, that is the worst thing I could imagine. So we have to be those who know the truth. Remember this. Your associates determine your attainment. Your associates determine your attainment. Look at the second point here. How can I know to believe about an influencer. How can I know? The second point is simply this. Look closely at the impact of influencers' lives. That's verses 16 through 18. Let me start reading some of that. But by their fruit, you will recognize them. 
he says you'll recognize them. The word he uses there is a Greek word, epigonosko. Gnosko is the word that's usually used to know something or to know someone. But this uses a word that has a prefix, epi, in front of it, epigonosko. And that, that actually means to know something by experiencing it. To know something through sight, through taste, through touch. To know something experientially, he says, by your fruits, you will, epigenosko, you will recognize them. He says, do people pick grapes of thorn bushes, from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree, bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear bad fruit. Look at verse 20. Thus, by their fruit, you will, epigenosko, you will Know them by your experience. Look closely at anything or anyone who is influencing your life, who is pouring into your life in one way or the other. Look closely at their life. Look closely at the fruit of their own lives. You see, this might take a while, right? This might take a little while because fruit is not produced overnight. But God calls us to look closely at the fruit of those who would influence us. Your associates determine your attainment. We looked at Galatians chapter 5. Turn there with me, if you will. Galatians chapter 5, a famous passage on the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But I want to look at a few verses before that, starting at verse 19. Because there's also a fruit of the flesh. So we'll start at verse 19 in Galatians 5. And he says, acts of the flesh, I can call that the fruit of the flesh, are obvious. He says, sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, all of those things deal with sexual immorality in one way or another. Verse 20, idolatry and witchcraft. The word there that's used for witchcraft is the Greek word pharmakia. We get our word pharmacy from that, or it speaks of drugs. The word pharmakia means magic that is usually done with the help of drugs or other ways of altering the mind. Idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. He says, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. All of these things that are unlike the way that the Lord would lead us in. Listen, we need to know this. Temporal decisions always have eternal consequences. Temporal decisions that we make have eternal consequences. And so God is warning us here in the scripture that to live a lifestyle apart from God and to consistently go in that lifestyle, to live that way, he says, warning, red light should come on. Watch out. That's not from the Lord. There's another way. There's another way. Listen, even for believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, Listen, your belief and your salvation is not based on your works. Amen and amen. 
ten times, amen. But your reward is based on how you live it out. I don't know about you, 1 Corinthians 3 talks about eternal rewards. He says, I built this foundation. Paul talks about, I preached the foundation. There's only one foundation, and that is Jesus Christ. But he says, but i got to tell you that you build on that foundation your works of wood, hay, or straw, or of silver, gold, and precious stones. And in the day, in that day, when Jesus comes back, your works will be shown for what they are. If they're wood, hay, and stubble, they're going to burn up and you lose reward. Now, I don't know all that that means because you're still in heaven, but you're losing out on something. And I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. That means to walk in faithfulness to God even now. And so he goes on to say, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in the life of a believer is such that our lives are marked by these things. Our Our lives are marked by love, joy, peace, forbearance, or patience. That word means that even when things are difficult around you, things are, are, are going out of control in your life, you are able to patiently work through that and not lose it with someone around you. Same thing we see here at the end of it, uh, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit is self-control. That is when you're at the end of your wit's end. If your wit's end is right here and you're over here, you're past your wit's end, self-control comes in and says, I'm not going to do that right now. That's not by your willpower at that point. That's by the Holy Spirit of God. He is a keeper. If you want to be kept, brothers and sisters, he will keep you. He will keep you. Keep those who want to be kept. So I want to take just a couple minutes to look at a few things here that are sheep's clothing and ferocious wolves. Go to the next slide. Modern-day false prophets and idols. Sheep's clothing, promised impact, and then ferocious wolves, the actual impact that they have. So some of these we already read about, but some of these are things that are in our culture that we need to be very, very careful of. So I just put up a few. Number one, pornography, any sexual type of sin. What does it offer us? We wouldn't fall for it if it didn't offer us anything. Amen? If it wasn't enticing, it wouldn't be a problem for us. But it offers excitement. It offers ecstasy. But what is the actual impact? It is shame. It is guilt. It is broken relationships. It's an inability to be satisfied with one person. Lie straight from the pit of hell. Number two, food. offers immediate comfort and control. It offers satisfaction. Listen, a few weeks ago, now probably over a month ago, my wife and I all were both doing the really good grandparent thing. And we were out, we were shopping separately, and we both thought of our three beautiful grandchildren, and we both bought freeze pops. My wife got healthy ones, 
Whole Foods that were made of fruits. I got the Kool-Aid kind, but it's all good. And so we got these with the thought in mind that when our beautiful grandkids come over, anytime they come over, we can offer our kids freeze pops. There are four freeze pops left. The grandkids have had about two of them. Mama don't eat them either, so I don't know where they went. There aren't many freeze pops left. Sometimes it just feels good. But what happens when our when food becomes an idol to us? Health is an issue. Retreating from relationships is an issue. Money can become an issue. Amen? When food becomes an idol to satisfy us. Alcohol is another idol. Forgetting life's problems is a wolf in sheep's clothing. I can just relax for a little while. I can enjoy myself. I can just zone out for a little bit. But here's the problem. It impairs my judgment. It hurts those who are around me. And it has long-term health issues. I've had many members of my family who had cirrhosis of the liver. That was because of issues around alcohol. Now here's one that I'd like to give myself credit for, but I can't. I sent this list out to our staff and one of our staff members, who I won't mention Cheryl by name, but gave me this one. Cultural Christianity. Sermons that make you feel so good all the time. Now I hope a sermon might make you feel good once in a while, amen? And maybe a lot, but that cannot be all that it does, right? No need for repentance. No need to really change. Fun community. Now, we are building community groups, and we're going to make that a major emphasis of our ministry. And my prayer is that every member of this church will be in a community group where they will get a great deal of identity and fellowship and meaning and purpose from that community group. But if you are in a community on any level other than the most exterior level, you're also going to have issues. Y'all know that in your family. There are relational issues. You've got to work through that. But cultural Christianity says, this is tough. I'm out. This is hard. I'm gone. But Christianity says, push in, push in, push in. No hard work. No pressing into God. And then it's a ferocious wolf because it ends up with what? Biblically, biblical illiteracy. I don't know that Bible at all. I just listen to what the pastor says. My pastor says, such and such, what's your Bible say? I I, I love it. It's great if you know what your pastor said. But listen, if you don't know what your Bible says, you're probably in trouble. You need to know what this thing says, what the Bible says. Biblical illiteracy. And also, beyond that, not encountering or knowing God. And because you don't encounter God, because you don't know God, you're not ready, you're not prepared to meet God. The message of the Bible from beginning to end is that every one of us is going to meet God personally. Whether you believe in him or not, it is appointed for all people to die once and then comes judgment. You will meet your creator. Cultural Christianity does not prepare you to do that. But getting in this book and getting into Christian community for real does. A couple more things, just real quick. Weed. Marijuana. 
relaxing and enjoying life, getting a break from what is difficult. It has become so normalized, and I know that in some states it's legalized. In in Philadelphia, it is decriminalized. It will probably be legalized everywhere in this country if I can look down what's going on. It's probably going to be legalized. But my question is, it offers this enjoyment, this relaxing, this sheep's clothing, but what is the ferocious wolf behind it? A growing reliance on a substance in order to make it through day by day. Listen, in the same way that some people at the end of a hard day, what is their first thing? I need a glass of wine. Or maybe I need a shot of something or a couple beers. The same thing, I need a little weed to help calm me, to help me make it through. Listen, that's not leading you towards Christ, that's leading you away. Impaired judgment. There are studies as well that look at the long-term implications uh, of long-term memory from long-term use of weed, of marijuana. I don't know how many of you know this, but the, the, the THC level, which is the active ingredient that, that makes you uh, feel so good with weed, is four times more powerful now than it was 20 years ago. And so the studies that they've done that show that you can lose six to eight points of IQ are done from that low-dose weed. Now we've got higher-dose weed. What is the impact of that over the years? We don't exactly know. But I can tell you this, that if you're relying on some substance from outside of you to make you feel all right and to get you through the day, whether it's weed, whether it's alcohol, whether it's that third cheesesteak, whatever it is, you away from a relationship with the true and living God. Last one, stability and comfort. Oh, this is the idol of the American life. My life is built on nothing less than a bank account that is full, a house that is nice, a little picket fence around it, kids that are doing the right thing all the time. And security, security, security. No, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. But we build our lives around pursuing this lie of a comfortable life. Listen, you're not going to have it whether you're a believer or whether you're not a believer. Life impinges. We live in a broken world. Brokenness is inside of us. It's outside of us. It's all around us. It's going to impinge on your life one way or another. We might as well make it with the Lord. Controlled life, avoiding deep grief, maintaining reputation. Listen, the, the wolf in sheep's clothing is that it avoids difficult issues that you need to confront. A lack of real growth in Christ, a shallow view of reality. I said to my wife a, a couple weeks ago, the reality is as you go through life, we're not always grieving. But if you're never grieving, you're probably never growing. If you're a believer, if you care about the things God cares about, if you're not grieving at times, I can guarantee you you're not growing. Because Christ looks over the city of Jerusalem and he weeps. Do we weep when we look at our city? Do we weep when we look at, at what's happening in some of our families? Do we weep when we look at what's happening with this nation? In Virginia Beach... 
12 people were killed. And it's just another instance. Right? Like, okay, how many? 12. Okay, that's not as many as Las Vegas. That's not as many as Orlando. Okay, what what else is in the news? How the Sixers doing? How the what's happening with the OTAs for the defense? We've become callous. God's leading us somewhere else. Worldly success. How we measure success? Two ways: worldly success, first of all, and godly success. Worldly success could mean financial success. Being fly. Y'all know what that means. Being accepted by peers. Having it all together. Being famous. Good reputation. People know who I am. And they want to be me. That's worldly success. But godly success is this. God's standard for success. Consistently doing the will of God. Loving God. And loving others well. Look at this. I want you to hear this. That's not tied to any direct outcome. You see that? It's not tied to a direct outcome. This happened. That happened. No. I honored God with my life and I loved other people well. And God, that's in your hands. It's not tied to the outcome. God calls us to pursue Him and to beware Associates determine your attainment. Last point, last point. What happens to influencers who don't honor God? It's real simple. Influencers who don't honor God will be judged by God. Look at verse 20. Verse 20. Scripture says, Thus, by their fruit you will recognize that. Verse 19. Every tree that does not bear good fruit has death in it. Um, that's the language of John 15. Well, John 15, verse 6. Scripture and abiding. If anyone will not abide in me, he will be cut down like a branch. Branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire. Terrible picture, but it's a biblical picture, and Jesus is giving us that picture here again in Matthew chapter 7. He says, those who won't honor God, those who will lead you away from God, they will be judged by God. The purpose of my admonition to you today is be careful who you follow. Follow the Lord with all your heart. Look at leaders and people who honor God with their lives. We need to follow good leadership, but look at the fruit of the lives of the leaders that you follow. Inspect that fruit. Make sure that they are those who will honor God. Let me just finish with this. Robert Ory won seven championships, not because he was one of the greatest players, but because he was surrounded by great players. Shaq and Kobe and all those guys. So listen, brothers and sisters, if you're in the Lord today, if you're in the Lord today, you're in way better shape than Robert Ory ever was. 
He played 16 years and won seven championships. But if you're living this life and you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you press into him, you have a champion on your side who never loses a championship. He never loses one. First Peter chapter 1, verse 23 says this. I love this, th- these verses. He says, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass and the glory and their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Brothers and sisters, the scripture says you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, he has put his imperishable seed in the ground of your heart. But we all know that if a tree or if anything is to grow to its fullness, the the, the ground needs to be right. It needs to be fertilized. It needs water. It needs sun. It needs all these other elements. And what are those elements? Those are the associations and influences in your life. What What is watering your life? What is the fertilizer of your life? What is the sunlight that comes into your life? Are you allowing God to be the one who influences you and influences you through godly men and women as well? Godly influences. Let me pray as I close today. Father God, we thank you that you warn us about false prophets and all of those and any of those who would lead us away from you. Lord, I pray that as your people, we would be careful to give you all praise, glory, and honor with our lives and to be careful about what and who we allow to influence our lives because we know that our associates determine our assignments. Lord, help us to run hard after you, to glorify you, to give our lives fully and wholly to you, that your name might be glorified in the lives of each one of your people. And Lord, if there's anyone under the sound of my voice that doesn't know you and the pardon of their sins, I pray that you would move in their lives even today. Lord, that they would not leave this place without talking to someone about their need for this amazing Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Be with us, Lord, in all these things, we pray in Jesus' name.